Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes Basketball Network. You are listening to The Bench Mob, as our new show will be called. I'm very excited for this. Um, so I am Tim Daniel here with uh, Mr. Ben Brown himself. Ben, what's going on, buddy? Man, you see it, brother. Uh, another beautiful Sunday. Hopefully people will be listening to this on Monday morning, driving in um, or checking it out on their breaks or doing whatever. So we are uh, here, Bench Mob ready. Let's roll. So, yeah, so I, I, it's all good, brother. It's all good. How are you? I'm great, man. Had a great birthday weekend. Yeah. Um, spent some great, spent a great, some great time with my wife. I got to catch a nice ball game. Um, so it looks like we have Odellis will be joining us at some point here uh, mm-hmm. in the conversation uh, via text message. We just got, so we're uh, waiting for him to hop on. Um, but before we get into everything we want to talk hoops wise, I just want to kind of let people know what's going on. What's the future of 48 Minutes Basketball Network? How is this going to roll? So if you caught the show here today, obviously you heard the same music you've heard for six years. That's not changing. Um, what is going to be changing is we kind of figured out what things going on. So as you've seen, Guile Brandon, GLK is back uh, and he has brought his pal Joe Makuchi and they wanted the shot caller's name. Kyle Campbell with the shot caller's name. It was only all respect. Um, so I was, ex- I was happy to, for him to get that back and really enjoy that. So um, with Ben and Josh being dads, Sean and I being super busy as newer husbands, kind of in and out with our lives and, you know, me working multiple shows and all of us at the top of all of that, having full-time jobs, um, we kind of figured the easiest way to do a show from here on out would be whoever between the four of us is available. Some weeks is going to be all four of us. Some weeks is going to be two of us. We would get together um, and just kind of talk when we can. So we're going to plan on doing that Sunday nights as much as possible. Maybe some Monday nights thrown in there. Uh, while the shot colors crew of Kyle and Joe are looking more like they're going to start doing stuff for Thursday night to go up Friday. So they will be doing the draft recap episode to go up Friday for you all um, this week. And so uh, moving forward, uh, the idea behind the name of the bench mob was that I love the idea of, <laughs> you know, like any night in an NBA game, there's a could be a one or four guys off the bench that contribute to a team winning. And, you know, it's whenever you're called on, you do your job. So that's the idea of the bench mob. And obviously an homage to those great Bulls benches of the 90s with Tony Kukoc and crew. So uh, it was something that I really love the name. I'm excited about it. Uh, the format's going to be a little wonky as we figure it out. Uh, we are going to be kind of also, at least I am, just because, you know, we've had a lot of basketball over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Going to take it some time to breathe and relax. And, you know, I, we'll do everyone can do what they want to do from there on out for the rest of the network. But yeah, so we're excited about the future. Uh, this is going to be the bench mob. I love the name. I've said it four times, I think, already since we started recording. <laughs> um, so that being said, we'll hop right into some hoops news. And Ben, today was not the best day for Team USA as they started their Olympics, Olympic basketball games. Um, first off, I got to say, I've kind of uh, Tokyo now on through Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like it. I think it's yeah. just it's awesome to hear Kenny Maine doing sports uh, again. So yeah. that makes me happy. I've always a big, I was a big fan of his news at ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. And you knew he wasn't going to be out for long. You knew he was going to get a job pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. He's dude, Kenny Maine's. He's he's one of those guys. He's in that top. You know, like your Dan Patrick's, mm-hmm. um, your Keith Oberlin's. Like he's he's that level of, of talent. I agree. So. So, yeah, so he wasn't going to be out of the game long. Um, it's definitely – I was on Peacock as well. It was definitely cool to hear his voice again and, and have him on that NBC network and that Olympic call. So, um, but, yeah, man, Peacock – the Peacock network, the Peacock app was really good um, to be able to switch through. Like we were – you know, my daughter is, of course, big into beach volleyball and, and volleyball in general. So, be able to get through all those things and navigate some of that stuff there is really cool as well. Yeah, I watched a lot of badminton today. Um, yeah. I got my, handball. Yeah. All my <laughs> life I thought it was called badminton. And sure enough, I was corrected today from the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but yes, so Team USA basketball today had their first game against France in regional play and looked really, I mean, defensively looked really good in the first half. Um, you could tell the size that France has, especially with Rudy Gobert, really just kind of gave them a lot of fits, but they managed to get around it. And the second half on, they just looked bad. There's just really bad possessions. The ball movement wasn't there. You could tell that there was like a lot of adjustments. Um, Drew Holiday was the best player on the team today, and he just got into Tokyo yesterday after winning the NBA Finals last week. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton barely played today. Uh, Kevin Durant was out for a lot of the game because he was battling foul trouble. I think he only had mm-hmm. like 12 points, something like that. Yeah, he only um, played a small amount of minutes, too, yeah. Yeah, shot horribly. Um, and Damian Lillard wasn't good. Zach Levine wasn't good. They just yeah. – the only guy that looked like he had a good game was uh, Drew Holiday. And so, Team USA takes the loss to France. Um, obviously, not the way you want to start this mm-hmm. – start the Olympics. Uh, but probably the toughest team they're going to play, at least in the region. Absolutely. After this, yeah, they've got, they've got the Czech Republic and they have Iran. Um, yeah. So, those are teams that they should beat. Um, but you know, they lose one more, they're gone until at least right. until, until metal games. So yeah. uh, what did you kind of take away from what you saw in the game today? Man, it, it was a lot of the same thing. Um, it, it was defensively, man. I think they're fine. Um, I, I love Bam. I love Draymond. Uh, Drew Holiday's only going to lift their, their defense. Chris Middleton's going to lift their defense. Um, Drew Holiday, I couldn't believe that, dude. He literally, like, just walked off the plane and played and was just outstanding. Um, you know, his defense kind of put them on that run in the fourth quarter where they went up 74-67 before the 12-point finish by the France, by French, um, the Frenchies. Um, but, you know, I, I give credit to the French, dude. That <laughs> There were two key plays in that game where it was just it was just hustle play. So, there was a ball, I guess it was an offensive rebound tipped to Fournier in the corner. He hit a, like a two. It was almost a three, but he hit a two. But then that gate play at the end where USA's up by one, and that, I don't know what the guy's name was, but he dove out of bounds and tipped it to Fournier, and he caught it off the tip and shot yeah. a three and hit it, which put him up two, which got, got the ball rolling. Those two plays, they seem like those two plays kind of sunk the uh, Team USA ship for some reason. And, and on, on top of that, you know, you're never going to see a, a Kevin Durant shoot that bad. You're never going to see a Dame Litter shoot that bad. You're never going to see a Zach Levine play that bad. Like, you know, to watch Dame Litter in the last second, they set up a play for him. They swing the ball to him. He slips. Like, like those types of things don't hardly ever happen because uh, th- those guys are really good players, um, and they just didn't shoot the ball. Well, I thought they – so they said in the second half they shot like low 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 30s like 32 percent or something like that in the second half like it you know those things aren't going to happen um you know and like you said the they they start off their pool play with probably the best team um well arguably in their pool they're arguably you know that is the best team they're going to play so um I, I don't know i don't know what to take from it um you hope that you know you'll get middleton to play more minutes um that'll help um, I, you know, Booker didn't look, you know, Booker didn't look like Booker. Like you just kind of see the little layover in him. Those guys were trying to, and of course they're trying to play through it cause they're professionals, but, um, you could definitely tell the only one that really like looked like he had legs was Drew Holiday. Yeah. Um, but everybody else kind of looked like they were a little bit sluggish in that second half. Yeah. I thought that, you know, the thing that I'm always going to remember about this game is at the end there, when they have the USA has the ball. And there's that possession where I think they get like three or four offensive rebounds and they're mm-hmm. dishing out and they keep missing shots. And Drew Holiday gets one in the corner to like to, for the chance to take the lead and misses it. And it's yep. like, yeah, and I, I thought that then I was, you knew it was like, oh, yeah, this isn't good. Yeah. Um, there's they got a lot to figure out. I mean, I'm not going to go and be and be you know, it's easy to be like, they're going to be okay. They're the U.S., you know, they've done this before. And, you know, for the most part, maybe they will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, you know, this history says, yeah, they figure it out. Um, but I am also kind of concerned about uh, the idea of um, we're going to see more or less of these guys kind of not knowing their rotation or knowing their roles. Like when you play FIBA ball, and I think this is what we've seen teams in the past, like, you know, those LeBron KD Kobe teams, no, they were just like roll the ball out and you don't stand a chance. But the last team in the Olympics in 16, um, they really kind of did a lot of like, so we have Durant and Kyrie to be our scorers. We have Jimmy Butler here to play defense. We have 
Paul George here to be our wing. Like it was like, it wasn't like, you know, we, they, they had everyone use every tool they had. They used what they needed to, to kind of like help the team out. So this team, it kind of is like, you know, Drew Holiday is more than likely there to be a defender. Mm -hmm. Uh, Draymond's there for defense. Um, Bam played pretty well on pick and rolls. Uh, He had the the first possession of the game, though. He did not. Um, So that was kind of crazy. He like rolled and Lillard bounced, gave him a bounce pass. He had an easy lay in and it rolled around the rim. And I was like, this might be a day Um, just from the jump. And so. But really, the rest of the half, I thought they played all right. I think Tatum had some good spurts where he had like a really nice, uh, really nice moves to the basket and really nice dunks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, like I said, you know, the next two games you got, you have Iran and the Czech Republic. So you're confident they'll win those games and get another shot yeah. at France and see what happens from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I think those are two games where they can maybe try to find a rhythm. Yeah. Um, and, and work through some rotational things and work through some issues. Um, I think that those are two games to be able to get your feet under you um, and get some guys some minutes because I, I don't think that those two teams, uh, they well, they shouldn't give the U.S. any fits. So I, I think those are two good games where you can get your feet under you before you get into metal play. Yeah, I completely agree. So I uh, feel okay. Um, you know, today was definitely discouraging. It was frustrating, but I'm not at the point yet where I'm ready to count them out. But, yeah. you know, Slovenia with Luca, he's probably going to get them on a run. Um, there's a lot of teams outside their pool that they kind of have to keep an eye out for. So mm-hmm. we shall see how this goes. Um, obviously not the way you want to start the tournament, but right. we will kind of go on from there. Uh, so on this side of the pond, I don't think that's how that works, but um, we are now <laughs> we are now getting ready towards not only it's, you know, the offseason now here after the Bucks and Suns finals. Uh, everyone's getting ready for the draft this week. Like we said, the shot callers crew of Joe and Kyle will be having an episode up on that. The draft recap on Friday. But after the draft, we all know comes free agency. And we're kind of have heard a lot already about the potential of, um, you know, Damian Lillard potentially be moved from Portland. And the other name that a lot of people are kind of keeping their eye on is Bradley Beal. So today mm-hmm. on The Athletic, Shams Sharania put out this and said that Bradley Beal has been contemplating his future. I'm paraphrasing all this. Um, it says, every year speculation around the league rises that Beal and a potential trade demand. Every year Beal sticks to his allegiance uh, toward the organization. He and Tommy Shepard still remain in partnership together to build a winner in D.C., but Beal has seriously been mulling his future in recent weeks and at times has been very much on the fence about whether or not he wants to remain with the Wizards, sources tell The Athletic. The All-NBA guard is expected to use the weekend to continue giving his career some thought and arrive at a decision before the upcoming, during the upcoming week. So this is kind of one of these things that we go through all the time, Ben, in yep. the whole world of when there is smoke, there is fire, and in the mm-hmm. NBA, it is in flames. So we've kind of waited for this for a long time. Do you know, Beal had that stretch this year where he was kind of going crazy. He was scoring a ton. He was really, you know, making a lot of plays. He had a couple of like big, big shots uh, and kind of went on for this day. So now Bradley Beal's now discussing his, uh, his future of his, uh, his plans. And I don't necessarily know if the market is like super crazy high for him. Like it has been for superstars in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know one team that's come up quite a bit and really curious about for me is the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So what would you think about some ideas of Bradley Beal? What are your thoughts on maybe him finally kind of like taking matters into his own hands and getting out of there? And, you know, is there a team besides the Warriors that you see in your mind as a potentially good fit? Or even are the Warriors the fit? Yeah. Um, I think I think players are becoming more wise to the fact that the window to win championships is short uh, and your opportunities are limited. Um, I think he's spent enough time in D.C. to know that um, they're they are not going to put a winner around him. And, and and credit to him, like you you don't hardly ever hear anything about him wanting to get out. He's always been loyal to to D.C. and want to be there. Um, but at some point, you start to look at man. I I think Bill is what 30, 31 now. Um, he you know he's you know I'm not saying he's in the lower part of his career, but I mean he's thirty one. I mean. If he plays another six years, he's already played more basketball in the NBA than he hasn't played. So he's on the back half of his career. 
Um, you know, Washington got hot last year. I think they finished 16 and seven, but yep. then not the, the, the year, but uh, I mean, what's that? What's that mean? Though? You know what I mean? You're, you, you know, you're not going to beat the bucks. You're not going to beat Philly. You're not going to like, there's so many teams in the East you have to battle and you don't have uh, near the roster to battle those teams. So golden state would be a good fit. I, I think, um, I don't know. It, it, it may take them some time with, with Clay coming back. Um, you know, you still have Steph there, of course, who, who is amazing. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I like, I like the fact for golden state just because, you know, that puts him in a chance to win a championship, but I, I don't like it because, you know, there, there are different, um, there are different aspects to that team where I don't think that he may not fit very well too. So would it fit? Maybe not sure. I haven't, you know, this is the first I'm reading of it. So I'm not really sure what other teams may, you know, may have a need for him. Um, if you're looking at championship caliber teams, um, does he help a, does he help a team like the 76ers? Does he help a team like, um, I mean, Bucks just won it, but does he help a team that's on the kind of like the verge or on the, on the cusp? You know what I mean? Yeah, he definitely helps the Bulls, where his former college coach is the head coach. <laughs> definitely does, if you're wondering, Ben. He really does. He looks great in red and black. Yeah, I mean, he would he would definitely help the Bulls. Um, yeah, I shoot, I I wouldn't hate it if he was a Pacer. Um, I, I mean, there I think there's a lot of different teams that he could that he could help. I mean, he, the guy averages 30 points a game. I mean, he's, you know, I I, I don't know if he's a stalwart defensively, but. You know, he's going to put the ball in the basket. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but I do think that with him being on the back half uh, of his, of his you know, of his career, not saying that he's fallen off or anything by any means, but I think he's got – he's played more games than what he's got left. Um, so guys start to look at that. They start to say, like, man, I, I need to get on a championship. I need to get on a championship team. I mean, guys look at Chris Paul. It took him 16 years to find a championship team. And he got there. I mean, it, it took him 16 years. So, you know, guys, guys look at that stuff. So I, I could see him being moved somewhere or wanting to get out or doing finding a contender to play on. Yeah, I think that the biggest one that would have really scared me um, had they like held on to everything would have been the Celtics because oh, yeah. him, and, him and Tatum are so close. But I don't think Brad Stevens is going to do a like. Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal right. kind of deal. I think that he's just kind of kind of stay the float there and kind of roll with Tatum and Brown as the future of the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Uh, Joshua yeah. Odellis Ferellis Hayes has joined us. He is with us now, coming on a little later, just in time for me to get your hot Bradley Beal takes. First off, welcome. I'm glad you're now part of the bench mob. I know you missed it when we did our introduction of the new name and what we're doing for this. Um, yeah, but I, I was I was trying to I was trying to get here as fast as possible. It's all good, man. You're here. I don't. I didn't see the. I couldn't get on, so I couldn't even see the entrance. I don't know if I got to throw up some signs. I don't know if I got to. <laughs> I don't know if Ben introduced me different. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> wait for the next episode. Yeah. So we uh, we talked a little about Team USA already. So now we're kind of just getting into uh, the Bradley Beal rumors going around. One of the teams have been reported so far as the Warriors, and I believe the Miami Heat have also been linked to him. Um, I'll have to look more into it, but kind of curious your thoughts on Beal moving forward. And you know what? What's next for the NBA All Star shooting guard? Um, so I heard. I think I heard Ben say he 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 averaged thirty points a game this past year. That put him second behind Steph Curry. Um, and honestly, until Curry had that crazy month of April, uh, it looked like Bradley Bill was going to run away with the scoring title. I think he got hurt and stuff like that. Um, I heard. Been throwing out some teams there. Obviously, I love the the Bulls take. You know, that makes me very happy. You know, keep Levine, you move him over to the three and put Bill at the two. It might make a little bit of sense. Uh, I heard Ben say taking with the Pacers. Um, but I I still think the deal for the Celtics is on the table. And and I don't think the Celtics have to give up Jalen Brown to get him. I um, now that Kemba's gone, I just don't really know what more they can offer in that scenario. Yeah. If Brad Stevens is moving up to the front office 
Um, I would I would be very interested to see what he does and how much pull Tatum has is into getting him there. You know, th- those guys went to the same high school. Um, they're from the same area. Um, you know, they got a lot of love for each other. You know, the, the those kids that come out of St. Louis, man, they they stay you know well uh, connected, and um, you know they show a lot of love there. So I, I could see there there being a deal put in. I don't know what that deal would be. Um, but I still think that the Celtics may still have enough to try to put that deal together without Jalen Brown going, but I got an interesting take. Um, these aren't two teams that would be able to win right away, but they are two teams that would, um, be very, very competitive if they stay healthy. So my first one is the Pelicans and, um, I mean, we're watching Curry at 32, 33 years old. He's still running around, leading the league in scoring. So Bill's probably got a good three or four good years left in him where he's where I would say he's in that high to mid 20 point per game range. Um, we watched the Pelicans make a late run and injuries was what kind of helped kept them from us really seeing their true potential. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Lonzo Ball. Um I'm hoping Lonzo Ball goes to the Bulls. I want everybody goes to the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. Um, so I could see the Pelicans pairing him up with Zion, um, having a really, really, really good young core. Brandon Ingram at the three, Bradley Bill at the two. They get him a decent point guard. Um, I could see that working. Um, but my other team is the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh. Um, please, I am curious about this. I know Ben, you're, you're high on Dylan Brooks, um, Mm -hmm. at the two guard, but I still think Bradley bill is a significant upgrade. Well, yeah. At that position. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You pair him with Ja Morant in the backcourt, um, along with, um, everything else they got, you know, junior, you know, he, he came back late in the season. Um, I know Tim, you're a big fan of him when Mm -hmm. he's healthy. I'm a big fan of him when he's healthy. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, I think Bradley Bill makes the Grizzlies better than the eight seed or whatever it was that they were going into the playoffs. Um, they beat, yeah, they were the eight seed, right? They played Utah. Yeah, and they beat they beat uh, they beat Golden State beat in the Golden play-in. Yeah. Um, I think Bradley Bill makes them significantly better uh, in that position. So I was think I was just trying to think of some teams that could upgrade and be more competitive maybe not necessarily they have to put some more pieces around them but i mean it's it's a it's a it's a significant jump from saying like oh i'm trying to not be in this playing game to you know we could make some noise and probably fight for the you know that middle range seating in the playoffs you know that six five six seven seed um so to speak but uh those are the two teams i was thinking of and then the only other team I think they could really use him now. Uh, obviously, Golden State's the perfect fit, but depending on how long it takes Jamal Murray to come back, is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, that would be my third team because you give them a straight score right off the bat, which was something they were missing. Um, obviously, if you watch that series with Utah, I mean, it was like the Joker was out there by himself. He did yeah. everything he could, and he just couldn't pull it together, but you put another score on the floor, you give, you know, that, but again, a, a deal like that might, you might have to give up like Michael Porter Jr. And I don't know if Denver was willing to part ways with him. I mean, we've already seen the glimpses of what he can do when he's healthy. Um, he's, he's got the potential to be an all-star. So um, I feel like if he stays in the East, unless he goes to a team like the Bucks, he's, he's a sitting duck. Like there's nothing for him. Yeah. I got one. I haven't one put team, a, one trade. I, I don't have a trade necessarily, but I'm talking like I'm looking at teams with like availability of cap space. And one team that could be really interesting uh, because they're going to have a maximum of 75 million available next year. And Bradley Beal is only bringing about 37. So not only could you make a move or you get Bradley Beal if everything goes right, you can actually have some extra cash to bring some money together. And Bradley Beal is now as we know from last year, a Jordan brand athlete. That's the Charlotte Hornets. You put LaMelo Ball Ooh. with Gordon Hayward, PJ, you know, PJ Washington, 
and you sign, you know, you have enough money to bring those guys in. You bring in Bradley Beal to put with LaMelo Ball and, and Gordon Hayward. And that's a fun trio. I mean, if yeah. you're, you're going to lose Gordon Hayward for 30 games, you already know that. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you have Terry Rozier. You have Miles Bridges that you can sign back and still be able to afford Beal. Um, you have guys like the Martin Twins. And then because you're losing that Biombo money finally. You're losing, like, that Cody Zeller money finally. So, that's a possibility. I would not go anywhere near as far as to say that's going to happen or I'd predict it, but they're a team to potentially keep an eye on that can maybe make a move for Bradley Beal. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that, I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, that's, that's a, that was, I thought about I mean, Bradley a, Beal in the Jersey and I was like, yeah, that's a fun that looks team, good. But you add Bradley Beal to, I mean, to those playmakers. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's legit. Yeah, I like it. And then also I want to go ahead and make sure it's been spelled out that if the Wizards do move Beal, um, like some people do have said, that this is pretty well known. Uh, they do plan, if they do move Beal, to move West, Russell Westbrook pretty quickly. So they are yeah. looking to go into tank mode. It looks well, like it's well, Beal's above. If, if, if the Lakers don't get Paul, is Westbrook, the, will. is Westbrook the guy? Well, that brings me to the next topic I want to talk about, which is the Lakers. (laughs) So Shams also further goes on to say that the Lakers will be pursuing a third playmaker who provides playmaker who plays shot creation around LeBron and Anthony Davis. The Lakers are expected to show interest in several free agents, such as Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Spencer Dinwiddie, and have also discussed the deal with the Kings that were centered around Buddy Heal for Kyle Kuzma. So I love the idea of Buddy Heal playing for the Lakers. Um, Absolutely. I, I think that like, just like, I love the LeBron driving dish game when he just has like the shooter in the corner and right. You know, we've, we've talked many times about buddy Hill as a shooter. Um, so to answer your question, I don't think so. Just because I don't, I think that at this point it, you know, let's call it what it is. I mean, I think everyone feels like LeBron James is in the twilight of his career. It's the first time we're going into a season where we're like, not even having a debate of him potentially being the top player in the league. We're now looking at him being in that like three to six range more than likely right. um, behind Giannis and KD and maybe, you know, who else there's people can throw out there. That's a show for another time. Um, right. But I think for them, it's just going to be about like getting someone who can put the ball in their guy's hands. Like LeBron's going to play more power forward as he gets older. Now AD is probably gonna play a lot more five because the Lakers realize that's where they're successful. Um, so truthfully, I think, you know, and they're not, they don't have a ton of money. Right, right, right. Um, so they're going to have the mid-level. And so that's going to be too much. You know, that's not going to be enough to get a guy like Chris Paul if he ends up leaving Phoenix. It's just not going to work. Right. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to trade for Bradley Beal just because it's just not going to work. So if I'm the Lakers, target number one just for what I can make happen is Kyle Lowry. It's the one that makes the most sense. You got the shot creation. You got the ball, the ball movement skills. Um, you don't have to give up that pick because Kyle Lowry is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Um. So you may have to like move some guys around to make some money. Woj reported today that the Lakers have every team he's talked to, the Lakers have offered KCP and Kuzma. They're like that guy that's sitting outside like the grocery store. Like, would you like some? Hey, hey, <laughs> I got this. You want some? Hey, man, I'm selling Kenny. I'm selling Kenny bars for my AAU team. You want one? <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. that guy. You know yeah. yeah. Hey, so, does the Lakers does the Lakers get away with some robbery though if they're if they're able to straight up trade Kuzma for Buddy Heald? Like uh, yeah, just based off of just based off of what we've seen up to this point. Yeah. Hey bro, it's the yes. it's the Kings, bro. Like, like nothing, nothing, like nothing would surprise me about the Kings. Bloody's like, whatever, just do yeah. it. Bloody's the guy in your fantasy football league that doesn't pay attention. He's just like, you want Julio Jones for Golden Tate? All right, man. Uh, yeah, cool, man. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like Kyle, I do like Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's you know for as as much negative that has been kind of around him, I, I do like him um, as a as a shot creator, as a playmaker. Um, but dude, like uh, he, what? How old is Kyle? Lowry? Like thirty six? I mean, he's he's up there. He's up there, right? Like. So do you bring in another just older guy to, to play? Like I'm not I'm not disappointing Lowry, but I'm like I have it. LeBron's thirty six. I'm thirty six. Um LeBron's thirty six or thirty, gonna be thirty seven. A D 
I mean, his body's 36 or 37. I mean, he, he's always falling apart. I think, he's gonna, have, a, I think he's gonna have a bounce back here next year. Oh, oh yeah, I do too. I, I don't I don't have any doubt about that. But I'm 36. But but then like but Kyle Lowry, not saying that this is bad, but like Kyle Lowry's 36 or 37 years old. Like, does does he does he move the needle? Like I I I don't know. Well, Ben, here's what I, I was know. gonna say, and and Tim. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I'm 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 not looking, but I'm just hypothetically thinking back to Le- all of LeBron's years that he's played basketball in in the NBA. So going back to 2004, um, start with Cleveland, you know, move to Miami, back to Cleveland. Um, his best point guard that he's ever had. Well, well, let me quotationize that point guard that he's ever had has been Kyrie Irving. Correct. Um, who is not a traditional point guard. Um, you know, Kyrie's a, a point guard who averages in the mid to high 20s. And his assist his assist numbers aren't what you would think they would be at the point guard position. So how would the offense look and, and, and how would LeBron benefit from having a true legit point guard on his team that was on the floor for long periods of time. So we're not talking about like the Rajon Rondos of the world. Right. We're talking about like a CP3, like a guy who averages eight, nine assists a game. Like how does that, how would that work in an offense that LeBron is in where LeBron has the ball so much and he's the assist guy? I think it would be interesting. Um, I think the kind of the biggest thing is, I think, you know, you kind of mentioned having Kyrie Irving there. And I think the more the benefit Kyrie Irving gave LeBron than just being a scoring point guard, was the additional ball handler so you could kind of do more things with LeBron. Um, you know, we talk about all these skill sets LeBron James has had all these years. And I talked about this with someone not too long ago. Uh, Might have been a prospect. Um, but, like, I think the thing we don't really talk about, because we're always like, well, LeBron, you can just get to the rim so well. And, like, you know, he has for a bajillion years now. But off-ball LeBron going to the rim is something, like, you'll see highlights of him catching oops. But, like, it's never really mentioned in his, like, elite skill set. And so I think like if you get a guy that can set up more plays like that, more PNRs with LeBron being the being the role man and more situations where LeBron can kind of play off the screen of AD and catch a ball in the corner. We've seen his ability to shoot threes improve drastically, especially last year. He was really good until he got hurt. Right. Um, so I think it just kind of it opens up. It gets in that a whole additional dynamic of just kind of having additional guys who can make more things happen. I think where LeBron's at his best when an offense, when he has the guys around him is other guys who are creative enough, who have enough shot creativity and also have enough a high basketball IQ. I think that's why Davidson works so well together. Um, that's why him and Dwayne Wade work so well together. Not just because they were otherworldly. Well, I asked that because a guy like Kyrie, I keep saying Kyrie and I'm meaning to say Kyle Lowry. There we go. Lowry, like his, his tenure in Toronto you know, his numbers are 18 and seven. Like that's huge that's point guard material. Like that is for sure. If you got a guy averaging, I mean, we've seen it before where multiple guys can average that many assists on a, on a team. I just, I'm just saying from the standpoint of if we were building a team to fit LeBron's skill set, do you go with a Kyrie type guy or do you go with a facilitator that runs the offense and you move LeBron off the ball where he's never been, he has never been off the ball at a long period of time. And if he would have been like, those numbers would have dropped significantly. He probably would have scored more and had less assists. Yeah. Uh, but he's not like, he sits right around that seven to eight assists per game range, um, which is huge. So c- can you have two guys on the floor consistently in an offense that averages seven to eight assists a game and the offense flow without having that guy now who's the consistent or, or can you do it with AD being the number one option? Uh, I think the Lakers are going to have to, to move forward and have a chance of winning a title again. Um, obviously that a lot of that depends on, will he be healthy? But um, the other thing too, you know, when we bring up Lowry is what are the Lakers be able to offer? Um, I mentioned earlier the kind of what their situation is, where they're strapped. Well, and... they're offer Kuzma and Casey. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently the, the Sixers, Lakers, Mavericks, Pelicans, and Heat have all checked in on Kyle Lowry already. Yeah. So his market is going to be booming. And yep. I don't think any of those other teams are in a better situation than the Lakers because they have two top 10 players in the like on their team. Um, and I don't think the Clippers have enough money to make him happen or enough items. And I just saw that they, they're planning on Kawhi being back. 
um, whenever he can play basketball again. So that's, yeah. that was to be expected. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think your I point's know. great, Josh. I think your point's really great. It's, you know, how, how do we see this? Because I think we're getting to the point where like, believe it or not, LeBron's athleticism is going away a little bit. It's not like he's not still a world-class athlete. But now he's like basketball IQ is where he's going to be successful, where he has to be cerebral. It has to like do more things. And like, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I think Kyle Lowry can really help with that. I really think LeBron needs to go. And and, and I know people are going to start picking this apart, but um, he needs to be in more of that Michael Jordan role where MJ was later in his career, where, he, he has the ball, but it's not primarily in his hands, if that makes sense. Um, you know, we noticed this past year, he's starting to shoot a lot more jump shots. Um, he's, he's hitting them at a higher rate than what he has before. Um, I don't know if you get him in positions where maybe he starts working more and more and more on his mid-range and his post-game in the mid-range. And like you said, you put him at the four. Um, we saw what happened with that team with AD at the five. I mean, they're, yes. they're they are lethal. They're deadly. Um, but I still think the route of going with Buddy Heald as a shooter, I've always said LeBron should be Magic Johnson. Just put him at the point and let him go. Just let him be a 6'8", 6'9", run the offense. You know, so what if his points drop a little bit? You know, if, it, if you've got guys that can consistently make shots like Davis and you get healed, and let's say he gets another knockdown shooter – I was going to say, he's going to need another. I, I think they'll if they decide to go that route, they'll need one more shooter. And they're, they're out there. They're, they're, there's people out there. That, I mean, you need, you need a guy. Hero. You need a guy that can have a J.J. Reddick. Got to get you Not the name all white people. I'm sorry. That's not. That wasn't the point. That wasn't the point of that conversation. But, like, those guys are there. Like, like. J.J. Barrera. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, but, just like leaves the Zoom, right? <laughs> but like you know, the, the Heat have been shopping Tyler Hero. But I mean, I, I, I think that he he's a guy that would benefit from playing with with LeBron and, and AD Let's for sure. Duncan Robinson, that that'd be the real guy to go after. Or Duncan Robinson, yeah. I mean, a guy that where where he can create and somebody can get shots. Go Harris. Yeah, we have a lot that happens Same before. Joe Harris would be awesome. Spencer, I love the idea of Spencer Dinwiddie too. Spencer Dinwiddie, Not, yeah. probably cheaper than Lowry. Yep. Um, yep. You know. But as far as like I, you know, anything can happen before Thursday with the draft, and we'll move after this after these points at this point real quick. I think if you're looking at the draft, if you're a Lakers fan and you're kind of not familiar with these guys coming out this year, um, as far as what we've kind of been talking about, what they need to do to get better, and what we've seen. Um, the name I really like for them at 22, again, if the Lakers still have this pick, because anything can happen for Thursday, is LSU's Cameron Thomas. He played at Oak Hill where, you know, the same high school guys like Carmelo Anthony. Um, he is a three-point shooter. He projects to shoot very well at the NBA level. Not necessarily the best defender per se, uh, but consistently gets to the free throw line, shoots a high free throw percentage, does not foul a lot, even though he's not the best defender. A lot of that might just be because like LSU probably hit him. Um, but if you're a Laker fan and you're like, okay, who can we get to help score with this team? If we can go get a guy like Kyle Lowry or Spencer Dinwiddie, I think Cameron Thomas is a great fit for the Lakers. Also, my guy, Deuce McBride. I think he'll go in the second round, but if the Lakers took him at 22. I would not be sad about it. Yeah. Love that kid. Shout out Cincinnati kids. Yeah. <laughs> this draft's going to be very interesting to say the least. It's going to be a fun one. Um, so kind of some other things I want to touch on real quick before we get out of here, um, kind of going through more of what Sean said. Um, so there, it looks like the Cavs and Jared Allen are looking to move forward towards a deal where he's going to be the center of the future. So I like that, but the Raptors are going to try to get him. I don't really care enough to talk about that, but I like that. Right. Um, the Mavericks top priority is re-signing Tim Hardaway Jr. Sounds like that means the end of Porzingis. Yeah. And then... Here's one that I thought was pretty funny. The Rockets are trying to use Eric Gordon in one of their picks in the 20s to move up in the draft. I don't think anyone's dying to have Eric Gordon anymore. Nope. But Ben, I'm curious your thoughts on this. We talked about New Orleans earlier. Mm-hmm. New Orleans and Charlotte have expressed interest in Pacer center Miles Turner. Yeah. What do you think? 
You think it's um, time to move forward from the Turner Turner operations? I know Joe on shot callers is pretty high on Miles Turner. I, I do. I I mean, and I like Miles Turner uh, defensively, man. Like he's he does a great job um, as far as rim protection and, and blocking shots and, and and being able to uh, have good switchability defensive wise. Um, I don't know, man. That's that's. That's kind of it's kind of a weird space, you know what I mean? Like, because I I like having him there because of the positives he has, but um, I, I think if we could bring in another asset as far as possibly another shooter, another scorer, um, and let uh, Sabonis just play the five, um, and let Batazzi be his backup, um, you'll lose a lot defensively. Uh, but if we're able to to get a score uh, or somebody that uh, that shoots the ball well from the outside, I, I would not be opposed to that. But I wouldn't, you know, I, I, if we kept Miles Turner, I wouldn't be mad about it. There's a there's a projected trade out there, Ben, and you can tell us what you think um, for the Pacers sending Miles Turner to Charlotte mm-hmm. in return. Well, it'd be Miles Turner and their pick, and in return you would get. Um, Charlotte's pick, Malik Monk and Miles Bridges. Oh, I do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, that, yeah, I would definitely do that. But I like everyone, like Bill Simmons was like, I'm the only person to have Malik Monk stock. I'm like, no, the fuck you didn't, man. I was there right. too. Listen to this show. Like, yeah, I was all on the Malik Monk train for a long time. I never gave up on that dude. I would do that yeah. trade if I were the Pacers. I, I would too, because that definitely makes us more athletic on the wing. And then um, you get and, like Kai Jones from Texas. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, I would definitely pull that trigger. Yeah. And I then, would definitely pull that trigger. interested in Miles Turner, too. Who's, Who's that? that? Golden State. Golden State's trying to get everybody. They're trying to do all the trades. They're they're, they're trying to figure everything out. Golden so, State's going to come up with something big. They're going to come up with something big. I agree. Um, everything I've kind of heard, and, you know, they, they aren't really entering my text messages, per se, so it's not like I'm, like, wojin right now. Uh, this isn't a Tim bomb. Um, is that they, if they can make a move, specifically Bradley Beal, that they want to move the seventh pick. If they can keep the, well, at least one of those picks, they want to keep one of them. Um, yeah. But this this looks like it's that the seventh pick Wiseman Wiggins deal that you keep hearing about. Um, they don't. I don't think they necessarily want to give up on James Wiseman. It seemed pretty high on him, but it, you know, in a superstar situation, like if you can get a Bradley Beal, then yeah, they're probably going to move James Wiseman. But yeah, some kind of magic where they don't have to give Wiseman up somehow. Wouldn't that be great though? Like, I feel like because a lot of people were like, he was putrid last year and he was horrible. And he wasn't great, but I think we also forget the dude played three college basketball games, didn't have an actual training camp because of the shortened off season. Like, give the guy a chance. Like, I was gonna say, I wouldn't say he was putrid. I, I, I think he was, he was developing. He was a developing player. Like, I don't think on the floor at all. Yeah, you, guys you know have, what I mean? I, I, I think he's. That Golden yeah. State offense is pretty complex too. Yeah, like, he's learning a lot on a yeah. short of time. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so last thing that Sean tweeted us, touched on that I kind of was laughing at. So Josh mentioned the Memphis Grizzlies earlier as a suitor for Bradley Beal, and I like the idea of where you're going with it, Josh. I really do. Here's what I don't like that apparently Memphis is discussing. The Grizzlies and Pelicans have discussed a trade that would send New Orleans Eric Bledsoe and the number 10 pick to Memphis for the 17th pick. If I'm Memphis, I am not touching that deal. I am staying pot, and it's not worth moving up seven places. I know this is a deep draft, but having Eric Bledsoe's contract and strapping yourself is not worth it. Do not do it. Do not do it. The Bucks got rid of Bledsoe. Look what happened. Right. Yeah, he was uh there was that thing that like Eric Blitz was furious the Suns and the Bucks are playing in the finals. <laughs> Love it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't That's know. Funny. If I'm like trying to get Eric Bledsoe out of somewhere, I'm sending him back to the Clippers. Yeah. 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 Yep. So okay. One last thing, actually. I know I already said one last thing already. But we talked about this a little bit. So I feel like Chris Paul is going to stay in Phoenix. I feel like it's also the best move for Chris Paul to stay in Phoenix. But I have this weird feeling. And, you know, it's pretty well known as document that they want him. 
I think the New York Knicks are going to make a move to get Chris Paul if he ends up a free agent. Oh, I really think that that is like something where it's like New York is coming back. We're at full capacity. We have these young dudes like Chris Paul is, you know, pretty well known for being the guy who gets the best of everybody. And I think it's hard for any NBA player to kind of deny the garden. I just have this weird feeling the Knicks are going to try to make a run at Chris Paul. I don't know if they'll have enough to get him from Phoenix, but I think they're going to be in the, in the markets. I just, I don't understand. I just, and when we were texting the other day, I don't understand how you leave that situation. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I, that, I mean, he's got it pretty good in Phoenix, man. I, I don't know. If, now you bring up a good point though, dude. Like he's, I mean, the Knicks have um, a lot of talent. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, Returning, you know, you've got the most improved player with Randall. You've got a, a RJ Barrett that's starting to come on. Um, you've got a lot of young talent there. Um, I just don't know if it's enough to pull Chris Paul from where he is, man. Like, you know, when you when you've reached the heights that you reach with that that team there and all those guys will be back. Like, Aiton's going to be better. Booker's going to be better. Um, you know, you, you bring back your, your glue guys, like your campaigns, um, uh, the young, the young kid that got the dunk over PJ Tucker. What was his, uh, Cameron Johnson, Cam Johnson. That's the other one. Like you got young guys like that. I mean, it, you know, and Monty Williams, dude, like, like, do you trade in Monty Williams to play Tibbs ball? Like, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I would, I would bet money that Phoenix does what they can to keep him. Yeah. You know, give it another shot. Um, Because, you know, like we, we just kind of laid it all out. We have yeah. no idea what the Lakers roster looks like next year, and that's probably right. the team you're probably the most worried about. Yep. Yep. So you think the Garden's got that got the pool where he'd be like, man, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just that, think that'll are, be interesting. I think the that'll Knicks got a taste of being good last year, and they're going to try to keep it going. So, yeah. You know, how much cap space does Phoenix have for next year? Do you know? I can I can look it up real quick. Everyone knows I love my spot track. Yeah. I'm just thinking about Phoenix and, like, what they need to do to get better because they made a nice run. And, I mean, we all just thought it was it was their season to win, and then the Bucks just was like, no, nah, man. Like, we're, we're going to give you all – we're going to spot you these two games, and then we're going to go ahead and, and, and unleash Giannis. He wasn't really hurt. We was just bullcrapping, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> We had we just saved him. So like, there's guys on the on the free agency list, and I'm like, Phoenix could probably get some of these guys if they had the right amount of money. Um, yeah, right now the max cap for them was about 50, is like right under 51 million. So if they was to sign Chris Paul back, he's taking a, all that pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he's yeah. But unless he comes back for less. Um, but I'm thinking about all these guys that are out there that are free agents, and I don't know if they're going to sign like. You know, they need help as far as like at the center position. So you got Andre Drummond, you know, they got, you know, they, they need some bench help. And yeah, we know he's not going back to the Lakers. Yeah. Right. You got uh, Norman Powell and like Duncan Robinson's restricted, but like, can you pull him away? And you, you got Serge Baca who's on a player option and um, you know, Evan Fournier who got traded to Boston. And I'm just thinking about Gary Crint Jr. Who's probably going to stay in Toronto. Who knows? Um Schroeder, because <laughs> he's probably not going back either. Montrez Harrell, who's got a player option. I mean, all these guys are probably disgruntled on L.A. right now. And with Phoenix making it to the finals, like, they could somewhat, I think, solidify their bench with one or two guys and be that team again. It's Lakers leverage season. Every free agent is going to be like, I really have interest in the Lakers, you guys, to kind of get more money. It's, it's yep. going to happen. <laughs> It's going to happen. It's leverage season, everybody. Here yep. we go. Lakers leverage season's here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, guys, since we probably won't talk before free agency opens, it's time to play the game of what team is Jeff Green going to play for next year? Who oh. gets the fortunate of having Jeff Green? Uh, As we know, he just finished the year with the Brooklyn Nets. He comes back to Brooklyn. Let's see. He just he's already crossed off the Wizards. He's crossed off the Magic. He's crossed off the Jazz. Who's he? Who's he play for? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Green's is who's he gonna play for? Oh my gosh. I am calling. I think he comes back. 
I'm calling the Dallas Mavericks. Doesn't make any sense, but he's just making his rounds. Oh, um, I think Jeff Green. Um, I kind of agree with Josh. I think he'll go back to the Nets. I'm just saying that. You know, I just like to have new it. I no, got. I, I do. I, I think. I think he will because I think that towards the end of the season there, he started to play a bigger role for them, um, especially. I mean, especially with the injuries. Um, you know, I think I, I think he'll come back for another year with the Nets. If he doesn't go to the Nets, my pick is he goes to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the Central Division, like just like checking it all off, just like his checklist. Off. He's like Chicago. Right I haven't list. been there yet. Um, yeah. Are they going to sign? Are they going to sign Porter's back? I think they are. I think they kind of have to after how he played yeah. the finals. I mean, hey, when you get your name chanted like the Rock in a state, like yeah, you got to <laughs> sign that guy back. Yeah, you ain't got you don't have, you don't have no other choice. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to wrap this episode up of the Bench Mob. Uh, first, want to say we're really excited about everything going on. Uh, we're really happy um, that everything is kicking into gear again. Um, we got a TikTok now that we're going to put some of our episode, uh, some of our segments on. Forty Eight Minutes Network. Um, get more active again on the Twitter account. So we're kind of getting the, that stuff going on. Also want to say thanks to everyone who checked out Hoop Cinema last week. Had a lot of fun reviewing Space Jam A New Legacy uh, with bringing Alex back. So that was a blast. And our YouTube channel, 48 Minutes Network, we're putting stuff up there quite a bit now. So we're getting more active. Uh, check us out on all those, right? Uh, so if you uh, want to see what's going on, it's the place to be. Uh, we'll tweet everything out from the Twitter account at 48 Minutes NTWRK. And of course, as always, if you are on the Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us that nice, solid five-star review. Uh, goes a long way in helping us get through the algorithm or the algae rhythm if you listen to Hoop Cinema and watch Space Jam and New Legacy. So thank you all. <laughs> uh, like we said, um, Bench Mob is looking to be like a Sunday or Monday night recording. So that's the latest up Tuesday mornings for you guys. So have a great night. And don't forget about Shot Callers this week as they'll be getting you uh, giving their thoughts on the NBA draft. Take it easy, everyone.